0: How did you get started with this? So I'm have, I have like, this is really exciting to me because there's so many parallels. You guys listening should be like, yes, I understand because so many of you want to go deeper with your clients. And Ashley's telling you, she did it.
1: If anybody's out there and they are thinking about starting an online business and they think like, oh my God, there's so many steps ahead of me, it starts with a single step. So you don't have to think about, you know, for me, it's like looking back, it's like, oh my God, eight years. It doesn't have to be that long, but as long as you just worry about today and what it is that you need to do in this moment, literally in the next 10 minutes, then the natural steps are going to unfold. This is Maestro on the Mic.
0: Hey guys, Maestro here and welcome back to another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today I have with me a guest that is going to require you to do some listening around the edges. She's not in the movement world or anything like that. Um, I met her at a, the Dossier Mastermind a little, little bit ago. She left a job, a steady, good paying job in human resources to go and get a master's in food studies. Stay with me here. She then went and created her own business as a private chef, which she did for seven years, All right? We're listening around the edges here because it's a Roger Bannister story. She then went on to teach her own online cooking school and now does business coaching and nutrition coaching. She's doing the thing. I met her, I talked to her, she told me about living in, in Italy, and I was like, dude, I got to get you on the podcast. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend, Ashley Pardo. Thanks for coming what? on, friend. <laughs> what an intro.
1: Wow. I'm so, so, so happy <laughs> to be here today. Is like, this is,
0: ah, dude, I'm like re- recalling, thinking back to the dossier, the mastermind, and like, I talked to you, you had long hair then.
1: I know. I right. chopped literally she, half
0: of my head off. Dude, you talked so much off. I'm like, this one's about to change yes. her life. Yeah, you I telling these stories, uh, and I was just like, holy smokes, you are Roger Bannister. For you guys listening, if you don't know Roger Bannister, even though I talk about him all the time, Roger Bannister Effect refers to uh, Roger Bannister, who was the first guy to run a sub four-minute f- four mile. No one had done it before, and then suddenly he did it, and a bunch of people did it afterwards. Why? Because they were suddenly, they saw it It could be done. And that's why I bring people on this podcast. I bring people on who I think are doing the thing and can inspire you in some way, shape, or form. Yes, you may have to listen around the edges a little bit, but I guarantee there's so much to be taken from this. So, Ashley, can you take us back to the beginning? Take us back to you being in human resources, and you're like, nope, I'm changing.
1: Yes. And <laughs> I think, you know, for people out there who are listening and who are maybe thinking of doing something different, taking their business online, taking that big leap of faith, I think that's that fear that we all feel around that is so universal. So if anybody's listening and has a similar story to mine, we know how that feels to have something that is steady and good and like what you're quote unquote supposed to do on paper. And then to to show up to work every day and be like, if I have to stay in this gray building for the rest of my life, like I don't know what I'm going to do. And I would sit there at work almost depressed because I had – something inside of me that I knew had to come out like it yes. it almost hurt because I was not expressing like that something and I had spent my life struggling with food so I grew up in a house that was very like looks oriented I come from a Latin mm-hmm. family that's like very very common in Latin culture and my mom was a ballerina when she was uh, when she was growing up. So I was constantly like restricted, you know, my parents did the best they mm-hmm. could when it comes to food. But I don't think parents knew back then, like, yeah, how to yeah. Ha- how to have your child have a good relationship <laughs> with food. Um, like you're not given a guidebook. So my mom really did what she thought was best, which was like, let me put you on a diet. And let me like, force you to have a body that I want you to have. And that just ended up causing a lot mm. of struggles for me, eating disorders. And I knew that after I sort of got out of that, I knew that I had to help people with it because I spent a lot of my life losing and gaining weight and not feeling comfortable around food. So I always knew I wanted to cook too. And I knew that I could teach people to cook because I ended up losing weight because I love food and I would cook food that would still be delicious, but that could get people results. So after I left that job, I ended up going back to school to get a master's in food studies, because I knew I didn't want to have a restaurant. I knew from that point on, I had a mentor, actually, who I would talk to about what I wanted to do. And I'm like, I just want to help people. I want to teach people how to be healthy. And I want to help them feel good. And she's like, well, you're just gonna have to invent your position. And I'm like, well, that sounds uh-huh. fun. <laughs> like that's not <laughs> clear cut at all. And um, but So I, I moved to Boston, and I ended up doing that for a year. I left everything behind. And then after that, which is what you sort of mentioned at the beginning, yeah. I knew that I wanted to get more into, like, I came from a background of French culinary technique, very complicated. That's what I thought cooking was. And then I went to Italy for three months through um, an organization called Woof Worldwide Opportunities part. on Organic Farms. Yeah, which every... which. Like if anybody's interested in that, just Google that and you can exchange your time for a place to stay and food. So I basically stayed on these farms for free
0: and I would
1: work eight hours a day. Like no makeup, no blow dryer. For me, it was like the opposite Mm -hmm. of what I was used to. Just like really literally being like in the fields with like planting stuff, touching vineyards. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was pretty like. Now looking back I'm like I can't believe I did that. <laughs> like I literally just left to go to this house that I'd never yes. met the people before. And I'm glad you uh, realize
0: how like crazy this sounds from the outside. Like
1: what? it's it was cra- when I went to sleep that night I was like what if I get murdered? Like I wouldn't even be able to <laughs> tell my parents where I am right now. Um you know they wouldn't be able to find me. So, thankfully it ended up being a great experience, but I saw during that time how approachable cooking could be if you just focused on good ingredients and if you really took the time to care about food, care about your mealtime and really cook simply because it ended up being like the best food of my life and it took like literally five or 10 minutes to make. So that really like got an idea in my head. I'm like, wow, this is actually approachable and simple and practical for people because like recipe cooking and chef cooking is not the same cooking that the home cook is going to do, that the mom is going to do. That people mm-hmm. listen to this podcast that yes. are working hard on their businesses or what, Like we just exactly. don't have time to, to do exactly. that. And it's not approachable, you know. So after I got back home to Miami, I just started talking about what I was doing. I ended up getting hired as a private chef. And then along the way, I ended up doing presentations in doctor's offices about relationship with food and kind of food mindset and stuff. So I did that for seven years and really just in that process, creating my online business, but not knowing that I was doing that.
0: How did you, you said you started, how did you came back and did you, did you reach out to someone? How did you, business doesn't just start out of nothing, like you did
1: something. How did, what happened there? So I, I actually remember it exactly. Like I remember going to the dentist and like I had a lot of, I had money saved and my money was running out. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm living with my parents. And I remember saying it out loud in the car that day on the way to my dentist. And I was like, I need to figure this out. Like, I need to figure out how I'm going to get paid, what I'm going to do. Like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. I'm not in La La Land anymore. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not like in in Boston. I'm not on the farms, on the vineyards or whatever. Like, it's real life now. And I remember telling my dentist and who was a good friend of mine. And she was like, you know what? Actually, this morning in my nail salon, somebody was asking for if they knew anybody that would cook at their home. I'm gonna call her. And that's literally how it started. Then like that person recommended me to somebody else, and it just sort of spread. And then I ended up getting like kind of a big job working at one house. And it just kind of you know, and I'm a big believer in like the divine and something yeah. bigger sort of guiding you, mm-hmm. um, the universe, whatever it yeah, is. You put that out there. Yeah. So I put it <sighs> out there and then it just ended up coming. I mean, it, w- it wasn't as easy as it sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For um, sure. But that's sort of how it started. And and I didn't know that I was inadvertently creating my content through that whole process of those seven Speak years. Speak on that. Yes. Speak on that. What does that mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I would take notes of like what I was doing with my cooking, what I was doing with the menus, cooking techniques, what people liked, what people didn't like. So that's what I would do in the cooking world. And I had like notebooks and just filled with content. And then when I would give my presentations at the doctor's offices, because I was friends with some doctors and they're like, oh, why don't you come and talk about this? I would see people's reactions and then I would reach out to gyms or yoga studios about, hey, let me talk about why people struggle with food and how they can get out of emotional eating. And I was literally having like the feedback in real time of my ideas and my thoughts presented to people's faces and then seeing what they thought of it.
0: And I think that's
1: really valuable. So Good.
0: Ashley, you want to unpack this a little bit. One, yes. you guys, I say this all the time. Your entire day is postable material. Postable yes. material. Your entire day <laughs> yes. is content. Ashley, it's, it's, she did the thing. This is amazing. You write it down. And then yes. you later on, it becomes whatever you, you want to, if you're trying to go into that digital space, it becomes that content. Backing it up a little step before that, you know, you said you believe in the divine and things like that and putting it out there. But like you said, it wasn't that easy because you actually then took steps and acted on these things. It yes. wasn't like I'm just going to write it on my journal and hope that something happens. Like actually <laughs> calling these doctors, you're you're reaching out to these gyms. What did that look like? Because I love I know my audience. They're mm-hmm. doing the same thing. They should be doing the same thing. Kind of pitching their own
1: whatever workshops. What did that look like when you reach out to the gyms? How did you do that? So I would it would be gyms that i would that i'd maybe been to or taken a class to so i think in just general sales you can't just say hey i'm showing up can i do this you mm-hmm. know what i mean yes. and that's that, that's like sales 101 you know there has to be like a warming yes. up period i'm sure your audience knows that like providing free value before. I don't know if they know that, honestly.
0: (laughs) Some of the things I see, I don't know
1: about that. (laughs) So you can go ahead and talk about that, Ash. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So you have to provide free value to people or some sort of incentive for them because it doesn't feel great when somebody is selling to you, you know? Exactly. It doesn't feel great when somebody, when you meet somebody and they're like, hey, can, can you give this to me? Exactly. And that just instantly when I feel that from people, I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh, like I, I just don't like the energy that comes from it. Um, and this is like online business 101 giving away free stuff for a long time before you ever ask for a sale, which is your story too. Yes. Um, yes. But I would create a relationship with the gym and then I would tell them, hey, I think I have really val- something really valuable that would help your members get better results with their nutrition and with their eating. It's a little bit deeper than maybe what you're used to, Mm -hmm. but I really think it's the thing that's going to allow them to have the the sustainable results for them. So I would definitely create a relationship with them, whether dropping in for a class or being a member or something, and then just pitching the idea. And nobody said no. Look at that. And they brought me back many times and stuff. So honestly, that content and the cooking content, is exactly what I teach in my cooking school. Now now in you know 2019 and the nutrition content that I teach to my nutrition clients and the nutrition courses I've done around emotional eating and stuff it's that exact same content. So it's really important Dude. I think to to not be scared and to know that like speaking of like the divine or or whatever else mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think like oh I'm just going to like manifest this. And I'm just going to like, think about it and it's going to come. And like, I did that. (laughs) I'm like, nothing's happening. Um, it's way too easy. So you have to be just as active in your process. If you want to create a business and it's going to be uncomfortable, like it's not going to feel great. You're going to have to put yourself out on a limb. You're going to have to be like, Oh, like what if they say no? Um, it's not easy to do these things, but if you have the will, And the desire paired with action, like it's magic.
0: Ash, this is, I have like a million questions. One, before I ask the questions, you guys listening, like she said, you have to warm up your audience. So as it relates to, you know, pitching a gym, I see this asked a lot where physical therapists will be like, how can I do a a, a, a webinar? How can I do a workshop Mm -hmm. at the CrossFit gym? Or how do I become the the you know the go-to provider of that crossfit gym join the gym you have to go and yes. establish the relationship it's weird to just go and be like i give this service give me your people especially yeah. something like crossfit because it's already such a family cult kind of thing where you got to be in it for them to, to trust you so ashley's telling you this for the hundredth time please guys listen to this understand that this is marketing business 101 yes i want to kind of go go back into your story here ash what was your your why for all of this? Because I think that it's really important that, that when we're when we're taking leaps, when we're when we're going to double down on something, the thing that key, that carries us through is that we have a
1: strong why. What was that for you? Oh my gosh! Well, this is such a great question, and I love talking about this. For me, I spent so much time, I think, suffering from mm-hmm. just really not knowing why I struggled with food. And it was literally like decades for me. Like from the time I was – I have memories of being like six years old and like thinking about my body and like how full I felt. Six. Or whatever. Yeah, like six Six. to seven, eight. Like literally memories around that up until I was like honestly maybe 25 or so. Like having it be a constant thought on myself and – just a huge, huge, huge struggle, and it wasn't until I read a book called uh, "Women, Food, and God" by Janine Roth. If anybody is into emotional eating okay. or something, I really recommend that author. Um,
0: we'll put in the show notes.
1: Yes, she. That book is incredible. It's not even a religious book. It's just about like women, food, and, and life. Um, I and know. I once I read that book and saw that you know my struggles with food. I thought had to do with food. Like I'm oh, I'm only mm-hmm. eating the cake, like overeating it constantly because I like it so much. And that was mm-hmm. honestly what I thought. When in turn I'm like, no, you're eating the thing because there's something else going on that you have to address. So with anything that anybody out there is struggling with, the way it's manifesting is just the symptom, not the cause. So yes. Once I ended up looking at the cause, which were like, you know, self-limiting beliefs or, you know, certain patterns that I had developed throughout the years about my body or whatever, then I really began to dismantle it. And I was like, oh my God, like this is like my life totally changed. And I, my transformation was so profound that I didn't want to see women struggling anymore mm-hmm. in the way that I had and I wanted to like really give them this information. So that's really my why is really just wanting women to I think it's just so many women out there and men too really just struggle a lot with food or something yeah. and they don't and they hate it the fact that they're struggling whereas if they go right into the struggle, you'll get all of the gifts coming out of it. Like you'll get stronger, you'll transform, you will really become a new person. So that's what I wanted to provide for my clients so they wouldn't have to struggle with food anymore because like we have to eat, you know, three times a day. (laughs) It's like, it's not like we can't eat anymore. So we might as well have a loving relationship with food, one that is nurturing and beautiful and where you don't have to struggle anymore because- it just isn't fun to be there so that really was my why of you know that makes helping sense. women it's get a out great of that. anchor
0: yeah how did that tie into your first kind of foray into your own business was being a private chef yes. were you able to kind of go deeper with people on things and like address this side of things or how did that how did that that job tie into your why or how did it kind of fulfill your why
1: so I didn't necessarily have like the coaching relationship with a lot Mm -hmm, of my mm -hmm. cooking clients because it's like they're busy and, you know, they just maybe weren't home a lot. First, With some of them, I definitely did. Like people really like, if you talk to me for 10 minutes, you'll realize that I love talking about this stuff. So (laughs) for me, the actual, you know, we can have all of these thoughts around food and stuff, but, and our emotions and whatever, but the moment that we need to implement it, comes with the cooking like that's the actual application and I think Mm -hmm. that so many people out there think that in order to have quote unquote a good body or to feel good with food that you have to be miserable and like only eat you know chicken and broccoli you know (laughs) (laughs) and and for me I had always been somebody who really loved food like I love eating I love the experience of food Mm -hmm. I love cooking it obviously And I didn't want to give that up because the more I pushed that desire down, the more it wanted to come out. So the cooking component was really just a way of showing people that they could embrace the fact that they love food and learn to cook it in ways that are simple and delicious that are actually going to make you feel great because- I'm sure we all probably know that, you know, mm-hmm. the way that you eat has a huge impact on how you feel physically, mentally, especially if you are training and stuff. And even for your joints, even in physical therapy, um, you know, so yeah, for no, me, the cooking is really the the application, like the real life. All right, now I know all this stuff. How am I actually going to make this applicable to my life so when good. I can cook every day or every other day? Yes. So it's so sustainable. good.
0: You guys listening, this is the biggest parallel so far. So most of you listening are in the movement space in some way, shape, or form. And a lot of the of you that I talk to, you want to go deeper with your clients. You you don't want to just treat symptoms. You want to get to the cause. We see a lot of the somatic therapy. We're seeing a lot of the uh, polyvagal theory stuff coming out now. You guys want to go deeper. But... We still have to, one, meet people where they're at. And when we're just starting things, fee for service is always going to be the easiest, you know, the one-on-one thing. And maybe that is just having a movement practice with people. So in, in this case, Ashley was a, a you know, private chef. Perhaps in your case, you are a personal trainer, a private coach, whatever. And this, uh, that's totally an okay, a wonderful starting block for then taking it to the next level, which is where I see a lot of you. Just because I got a lot of a lot of thinkers here that you want to take it to that next level. You want to be able to really address the causes with people. You want to be able to do more of that mindset stuff with Mm -hmm. them. But it starts here. So how did you make that jump, Ashley? Because then you start coaching, you start doing nutrition coaching and and now business coaching. But how did you make the jump into the nutrition coaching side of things and really dealing with that deeper issues?
1: Yeah, so that had always been something that I did like in those seminars that I was teaching and really talking to people one-on-one, but doing something every once in a while is not the same mm-hmm. as like making a living from it. Yeah. So as I'm sure we you can don't all relate to a certain <laughs> extent, like it just all doesn't <laughs> come at once. But yeah. um, what I ended up doing was I went back to school and I became certified in nutritional therapy. And ah. after that, I had I started to see people in person at my house, literally, like I had a couch in my office. Mm. And people would come to my house and and we would have our nutrition coaching sessions. So that's how it started really having Mm -hmm. an overlap of my cooking because at probably three years ago, maybe two years ago, I started to get really burnt out and just really tired. Because Mm -hmm. with my cooking stuff, I ended up like thankfully, it was very successful. I always had a wait list. I couldn't I was always booked and busy uh, which is a great thing but I think a lot of people probably relate to this the fact that like you have something that pays well that is good that is reliable that's always probably can always bring an income but like it doesn't make you happy anymore Mm -hmm. and I started to get that itch again of like oh god I don't want to do this anymore (laughs) how can I maybe make a calculated jump so I started to see the people in person And then I built a website or I had somebody build a website for me thinking that like that would be the thing that brought in all my clients. Uh, Ah, yes. Oh, I just have a website. Put it up and then
0: you're good. And then they are just going to find me
1: and like it's going to (laughs) be amazing. It doesn't work like that. Um, (laughs) So I tried to do online business by myself for probably a year and a half maybe longer. I mean, yeah. I was What was on that Instagram. looking like? I was posting on Instagram. At first, I thought Instagram was just a um a filter app. So I would just like, that's what it was, but I it would just filter my pictures. And I didn't know that it was like being posted somewhere, you know, oh, actually, actually like this. I didn't know that it was like actually being posted. I'm like, Oh, it just like takes really cool pictures. This was like in 2012. Um, that's
0: when it started. That's so that was what Instagram was. It was yes. just designed for filters, but it was also getting posted. This is amazing. Actually, so
1: like, I'm like people are like, I'm like, how can people see this stuff? So I would post like, you know, just picture like selfies and whatever, like, really dumb pictures, but, um, and then I didn't know that like a lot of people were seeing them, but I would just post my meals, some thoughts, uh, you know, even talking about this relationship with food stuff, but I had zero, uh, structure and zero, mm-hmm. like, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I'm like, let me just post my thoughts and then I'm just going to get clients. And again, it doesn't work like that. So no. I, I think I was selling a meal plan, like a, a batch cooking plan where people would sign up monthly and they would get a cooking plan once a week for four weeks every month. And I wasn't making, I was making, maybe making a couple hundred dollars a month from that. And I'm like, all right, this isn't going to cut it. Yeah, and good it, luck. and yeah, exactly. And it wasn't <laughs> until I hired my business coach, who I'm still working with now, your good friend, or our good friend, Jill Coleman, yeah. That we know her. The audience knows her. Yes. Jill is amazing. Um, Jill yeah. was really the one that basically took all of this huge ocean of content and thoughts and all of like the stuff I had been building for seven years and really took it and was like, This is what we're gonna do. And structure with the structure and the strategy. And through that, I was able to make my business full-time in about a year and a half. Um, but it was like constant hard work, you know, constant showing up, mm-hmm. lots of discomfort of like, yes. okay, today I'm going to do an Instagram live. Maybe I'll show up, show my face on stories, you know, which is something Whoa. I do regularly now. <laughs> now I'm you're great. On. I'm like, you crush. I love it. Thank you. You're great um, on there. I just try to be That's really natural and authentic. But I think until I had the structure and really had somebody – guiding me through who had been there before. And I think we're all resistant to investment at some point. Like it is uncomfortable to put down money to get better. But I think that that's like a subconscious signal to our brains. That's like, all right, now we need to level up. It's time. There you go. There you go. And that's happened a few times in your story. You guys listening,
0: it is a very foreign thing for – the PT world especially. Like, you know, I got a bunch of different listeners here, but mm-hmm. within the PT world, this like concept of like a business coach, this concept yeah. of like paying for anything aside from the fact that they paid a gajillion dollars for school and are like still bitter about it yes. is so far, and They're just like, oh, I paid so much money and I don't want to pay any more. And yeah. it's like every story, every person that comes on here, and it's one of the reasons I bring Ashley on here, is the same thing. Like when you when it's time to go to the next level, you you, you pay. You pay, you invest, right? Yes. So I don't want to say you pay, you invest. You're going to be investing in yourself. Ashley wanted to take it to the next level and went from providing this one-on-one you know, fee-for-service kind of thing. And she wanted to go deeper. So she paid and got the, the credentials to be able to do that and the schooling, the knowledge to be able to do that. Then she was like, all right, I'm ready to level up my business digitally. And she paid for that. What I want you guys to think is one of the problems that I see oftentimes in my audience is that people will pay for solutions to problems that they don't have. Mm. So Ashley's story is really good in that she was doing the thing a lot. She was like really doing the thing, was making as many moves as she possibly could, and then hit a barrier, started to get that itch, and was like, I am going to invest now. Yes. As opposed to I see people that are like, I'm just going to go get a bunch of degrees because we know that that's just a way of avoiding doing the thing. Oh, we just gosh. become professional students. Oh, yeah. All right, we're like, I'm going to pay, 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 pay and pretend that I'm doing the thing. Yes. Right. So as opposed to doing that, she's like, I'm going to actually strategically do this. And okay, I've come to a problem and now I will invest. Mm-hmm. Can you can you take us into the next part of your journey? So you went from being a private chef. Then you're like, all right, you you were dabbling in this of like going deeper, doing the workshops, and then you eventually now we're deep into that because we're we're doing private private coaching. Mm-hmm. Did you get the itch again? Where does the business stuff fall in?
1: So yeah, that was really interesting too. And this is, I think, another lesson in business that we can talk about what it is that we want to talk about. To a certain extent, because there's other people on the other side that are going to be asking you for stuff. So I think both things need to drive business. We need to obviously be aligned to the things that we like talking about and our expertise and our knowledge. But the second part is actually talking to the people who are there. Like, what do they want? Yes. You know? What do they want here? Because if you just like, are like, oh, I'm just going to talk about whatever I want to talk about, then you're not going to have people paying you, you know? So you need to... Really, it's like a dance between both. So I had been obviously having the strategy and the methods to grow and put myself out there on social media in a really strategic way and getting clients through that. Um, I work with about 15 clients at a time. That's like, Amazing. I feel pretty good uh, doing that. Um, but it was a leveling up too of like, okay, I started charging a certain amount you know, definitely not what mm-hmm. I was worth, but I was like, if anybody gives me any, you know, yep. then I'll be happy. <laughs> um, and then there was a leveling up there, too, where like, OK, now I'm going to maybe charge a premium price and in turn get people better results. And that took another it's like that saying, the bigger the levels, yeah. the bigger the devils, uh-huh. you know, like, yes. you know, it's like, OK, now yes. I got comfortable being online. Now I have to raise my prices now. And that's uh-huh. uncomfortable to, to do that. It so is. that's the common theme. Like if anybody's yes. noticing is that it's like discomfort, but you feel fulfillment and you feel great on the other side. So I started, I was doing my, my nutrition coaching and my, my people were having such great results that they were so inspired by their journeys that they then wanted to be, a, you know, do this in business and create a business around nutrition. I'm not sure if you're familiar with human design, No, please tell me. It's this kind of like a mixture between the Zodiac and the Chinese I Ching. It's literally like, we could talk probably an hour about this, but basically if if everybody Googles Jovian free human design, you can look up your human design chart because there's types, different types of people. And it shows you the way that you're built to respond in life. So I'm the type that's called the manifesting generator, which is the engine. I, I think that you're a manifesting generator too, uh, Shantae. <laughs> I like that. I, because you, have, I like like you I... have an engine and we have to just like keep – like we won't be able to sleep until we like work, you know. Uh, we have yeah. to keep ourselves going. Yes. Um. But my type needs to be initiated in order to do that next level. So like I – the other type, the manifester, is someone who can just start things. I need to sort of be prompted where people ask me, hey, can you do this? Then that's like Mm -hmm. my signal to do the next thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So that's a whole other topic. But that's really once people started asking me for business, I'm like, oh, this is maybe something I should do. And now I'm finding that more people are asking me for business help and business advice um, that it's more than half of my business at this point. And I love doing it. I'm really passionate about online business and I'm also really passionate about nutrition and emotions and all of that. But I listen to my audience and I see what they want and that's what they want. And and I'm always following along to see, keeping my finger on the pulse of what I can give them because that's who is on the other side and that's who's going to buy from you.
0: This is so good and it saves me from saying all of this stuff this yeah. is <laughs> digital business this is how you do the thing yeah oh my god this is so so good it's, it's practical it's real it's a uh, not, not real story like one of the things that really stood out there that I really love is oftentimes I see people come to me and they are not listening they are so excited which I love they want to change their world they want to help their people but you got to meet your people where they're at and you yeah. got to listen to what they're saying. And many times the things that you want to deliver, especially if you're new, you don't have that trust yet. The thing that you want to deliver, they're not ready for it yet. Yeah. And so it has to be a little bit of a different other stuff. And and, and you do your best to stay interested in that and while, you know, take them on this journey, get them results, things like that. And then the transformation occurs and they will, they will pivot with you, but you have to be also listening. So yeah, you can generate and be like, this is what I'm interested in. So I'm going to I'm putting this information out there, but also, what do your people want? What are they saying? What do they need? Because you help them out with that, then they'll come with you for the next thing, and they're going to ask you for that next thing, mm-hmm. and you can you can go and do these things that that really that really light you up. Yeah. C- can I ask you a quick question about your your nutrition coaching? And I realize that now it's becoming kind of less of what you do, but what does that look like? If I was like doing a session or working with you, what does that look like?
1: Just out of curiosity. So. It's it's pretty it can get pretty deep sometimes. Obviously, we talk about food, but it's mm-hmm. really like I really it's very customized to each client. So, I typically start with like a 2-hour session just diving into what's going on. So, we start talking about their current nutrition and and their goals and and how what they're currently eating is going to if, if it's aligning with where they want to go. And then I typically ask them, you know, what was your relationship with food like growing up? And that is where it really Mm -hmm. uh, comes, all the stuff starts coming out, you know, and it's very similar to my story many times. Um, So with my clients, I'm on the phone with them every single, typically once, no, sorry, two to four times a month. And then they have access to me in between um, via Voxer, but I basically coach them and guide them through the process of, of transformation with food. And the thing is, it's kind of going back to what you were saying just now, that a lot of people don't know that they need the mindset stuff. Yeah, you know, so I can't, so I can't, because we have to meet them at their current level of understanding. And they might think, like, I thought that it was just about food. So people come to me, oh, I can't, I can't stand it anymore. I just want to get rid of this struggle. And if I said to them, we just need to shift your mindset, they're going to be like, yeah, okay, like, whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, bye. I'm not going to work with you. But it's really through, like, the coaching questions that I ask, you know, like, But how did that make you feel? Like typical psychology question, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. how did that make you feel? Or is this actually aligning with how you want to feel? Or, you know, is this advantageous towards your goal? Things like that and asking those prodding questions so people can see, you know, I don't really, I guide people, but I am allowing them to sort of uh, unravel their own story and unravel yeah, their own the mirror. mindset. Exactly. Exactly. It's a guide in a mirror. Um, so obviously we do talk about food, but they realize through the process that like, you know, it's with dieting, a lot of people are, you know, they think that they need to be really strict. So then we work on just practically seeing like, okay, what is it actually going to look like for you to just take it a little bit, you know, over to the other side of not being so strict, really being in the gray area where you can just kind of live mm-hmm. your life and eat and feel normal doing it. How did you get started with this? So
0: I have, I have I'm like, this is really exciting to me because there's so many parallels. You guys listening should be like, yes, I understand. because So many of you want to go deeper with your clients. And Ashley's telling you she did it. So how, one what was the technology like? So are you doing this on Skype? You're doing this on Zoom? Is this like a phone call? Like, Zoom. Is, Zoom. Zoom audio. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You guys hear that? This is very, very simple. Very People simple. will come up with every excuse to like not be able to do the thing. Yes. Like Zoom. 15 bucks a month. It's like, exactly. I'm saying. It's $15, 15 monies yes. a month. It's very, very simple. Very, very uh-huh. simple. So, so simple. When you first started doing this, how did you market this? Was it people you already knew? Like, how did this become a thing from the jump? Because I feel like people don't even know like necessarily what it, yeah. what it is or like that they need it. How was this a thing?
1: So I really capitalized first. Uh, and this is what I suggest to my own clients is really because when you're just starting out online, like nobody knows who you are. You're not going to get exactly. people online, you know? So, <laughs> and it's good to mess up during exactly. that time. That's something that Jill says a lot. Like, Just get it out there now. Nobody's looking. Nobody's Mm, nobody's watching. Just mess up now um, because you will mess up and and it's okay. Like that's just part of the process. So I think that it's important to utilize who you know and who the people that your people know in person. So literally like sending an email to like your entire email contact list. Not even I'm not even talking about your email list. I'm talking about like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your personal emails. Do you know anybody who might need help with nutrition? So that that way they're not thinking like, "Oh, she's selling me." She's asking me for a referral. You know? So yes. I think that it's important to get out there in your community in person first. Yes. You know, it's really yes. important to do that. You need to make like you need to talk to a human out there and you need to yes. see People need to feel your energy. You need to, honestly, those people that I started doing that with seven years ago are still all up in my business. Like, literally, you know, (laughs) they're still my customers. There's still people that text me and reach out to me. They're DMing me. Um, But it really was utilizing, you know, sort of like a power base, people that you know already or people that your people know. And then after that, truly. Just posting on social media, and I think another good tip mm-hmm. too is to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, for you to take advantage of another person's larger audience. So maybe you can do yes. a guest post. Like something that was really helpful for me was I was a recipe blogger for Whole Thirty Recipes, like Damn. three four years ago. Um, so that was, that was really helpful too, because that really gave me, you know, I accessed and leveraged their audience because I knew that those Mm -hmm. people were maybe my ideal client. So it's like, okay, where is my ideal person hanging out? And how can I leverage another audience if I have literally zero people (laughs) online? Yeah. So there's so many, like, I think I was telling you that night at that VIP dinner during uh, Tina's summit, like what a time to be alive. Like, Yes. What a time yes. to be able to do yes. story takeovers on other people's accounts, to do guest blogs, yes. like you building it organically. First of all, I don't think anybody should do ads within their first year. I think people think that like, I'm just going to throw money and do ads. Like you don't even know if your idea is working yet or if anybody <laughs> wants, you know, might as well see if it works. Um, but I think accessing someone else's audience, like, you know, guest blogs, takeovers, you um, just really, even Facebook groups too. Like I had a client who yes. um, is a yes. mom and there she has a Peloton bike and she mm-hmm. would go into the Peloton mom's nutrition group because she was a part of it already. And she would say, you know, I have an hour. I'm a nutrition coach and a registered nurse. Um, ask me anything about nutrition. Then hundreds of people would oh. come and she would answer their questions and she'd say, hey guys, if you want to follow up with me, make sure you get on my email list and she got like a thousand people in in like her first two months from just doing that so when you don't have an audience you need to go towards other people's audiences and again provide value to them first and then um ask for it back later so even getting on other people's podcasts I think that's something that you can do cold like sending a letter Mm -hmm. to somebody or an email um when I, when letter, when I say letter, I mean email, not like a was like, okay. right. <laughs> I <just feel> Ashley's <laughs> over there with a pen and paper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think doing that, like I've gotten on podcasts that I, uh, reached out to people and, and just was a sincere human. Like, I think that if you're just a real genuine person that people feel that, you know, there's so many people uh-huh. out there who are very greasy and slimy and I'm like, I just can't with that. So, I think that yeah. if you're just a genuine person and you have an expertise and you can help people, like it's just a matter of time. Like, there's so many people yes. out there that are going to be attracted yes. to you and your stuff. And it takes a long time, but it is totally worth it. This is so, this is gold,
0: Ashley. It's absolutely, absolutely gold. Just, one of the things that I love that you said there, and I'll, I'll summarize it, I guess, is that your digital business starts in person. Yes. Right, no matter what you guys are doing, your digital business will start in person. This is why I've done podcast episodes in the past saying why physical therapy is the best, for best first profession because you get all these soft skills. You learn how to manage people. You learn how to talk to people. You learn how to read people. And then it allows you that this carries over into the digital world i love what she said you have to get out there you have to go and create your audience people get you know they come to me and they're like uh i want to build this course and my response is always build your audience first you have to go out there and create it whether it's going into facebook groups i hate facebook but you guys facebook groups are that's the only good part about facebook It's going into the groups and going to speak to the moderators and seeing if you can do lives and things Mm -hmm. like that with them. Or like Ashley said, Instagram takeovers or guest posting for blogs or trying to pitch for podcasts. Just make sure that you are providing value and you're not, you know, coming in there super sleazy with things. And... That at the same time you're also creating your own body of work. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. big for me because I get people that pitch me, and I'm kind of like you know. And this maybe sounds bad, but I'm like, what do I get out well, of, of course. this? Like it, it's you know, in real time. It's like it takes time for me yeah. to do these things. and like, I'm gonna expose my audience, my people that I care about, to this other person. And I'm like, what do I get out yeah. of this? So while you're pitching people, and Ashley was doing this for seven years, you got to be creating your own body of work and, and creating your own your own thing, so people can look at it and be. Like, like oh this is what this person is about yes this is what they're trying to do this is what they believe in this is the work that they are willing to put in and it's a lot easier for the other person on their side of that to be like yeah actually i definitely want to bring you on i definitely want to you know let my people know about you because you're fucking awesome so yeah this is gold actually i'm so happy oh my god And excited this is so yeah good. Like, this is why I do podcasts, man, because you can hear the passion in someone's voice. You can't, you can't read it, you know, like you read an Instagram post or like you read their blog and it's like, it's great. But when you have someone talking and you hear it and like you can hear your passion for cooking, you can hear your passion for helping people and your
1: passion for business. Like, well, likewise, I feel it from you too. It's It's like you have that also. And it's like, and I feel like so much of, I'm an introvert like you, which I didn't know you were an introvert. Uh, um, I don't know. I put on the I put on the data. Yes. <laughs> well, <you're in> public <laughs> maybe an extroverted introvert. I'm pretty much an introvert also. <laughs> but and so I work with most of my women are introverts. So I think that I had a lot of um blocks for business because we think mm. of like sales being this like, hey, you know, like this, like you yes, know, it's like, exactly oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be around this person. But once <laughs> I was just like myself and came from like, I'm sure anybody who's listening, obviously you're smart. Obviously you have expertise and knowledge. You know, you went to school, you have certifications. Um, I think that if you just continue putting your your value out there your knowledge out there people are going to feel that and they're going to want to pay you eventually so for me it was never like I never feel like I ever had to be like slimy or just a weirdo (laughs) like that sell to you Mm -hmm. I was just really Mm -hmm. super genuine and people always tell me like oh when you sell to me it doesn't actually feel like you're selling like yeah because there is this sort of like I've given you so much already for free. There you that go. It's like the next there actual you go. step to pay me because it's, you want people to think, exactly. Like, yeah. You want people to think, like, oh my God, she gave me all of this for free. Imagine what her paid there stuff is like. Imagine what's what, yes, what exactly like if she it. pays me. Exactly. You
0: know? Exactly. You do it right. You do it like this. You give, 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 give. You don't even really have to ask. You just put the next thing out, and they're like, "Take my yes. money," because you've created this imbalance in the relationship. First of all, because we've gone off to dinner for a year now, and I've paid every time, yeah. and then they're like, "Just let me pay for something." Yes, exactly. And then, like you said, they're like, "Oh my god, if you've been giving this for free, like, holy shit, what what is the paid thing? And what's the next level? I already know that you're gonna deliver yeah. because you've been delivering unsolicited yes. for." you know, so
1: long now. Exactly. uh, And I really think that like you can be in your authenticity because I think like a lot of people see people and I just did an Instagram post about this actually like dancing on Instagram and being mm -hmm. very like, you know, loud and boisterous and they're like, Oh my God, I I, I'm not like that. I can't do that. Therefore I can't have a business and i don't know I'm, i mean you've probably seen this for sure where people are not being themselves and they're being loud and it's like mm-hmm. next like i just <laughs> yeah it's it the worst i'm good. like what the fuck this is not YouTube. It, Turn exactly. this off. and it's forced <laughs> but if you just come from that place of like authenticity and realness whatever like whoever you are when you are real with somebody in person or even online on your instagram stories like People can tell and people feel that oh, yes. energy, that genuineness, that sincerity. And then adding your smarts yes. on top of that, like, it's just a perfect combo. Boom. I, you said a
0: word in there and I'm going to ask you to talk more about it and maybe maybe you're not going to want to. But you said about introverts. Yes. Are are you announcing your program yet or is that, like, not a thing?
1: Should oh, I Oh yeah, I told you about it. Um, well, I am doing—I yeah. am doing in January a free training on um, business for introverts. So it's going to be all about online business. Um, I'm going to be rolling out all of my bu- business content in December. Right now, I'm in a nutrition season, but that is something Ooh, that's coming, sort of like a a lower ticket business thing specifically for introverts and sort of like sales skills. And if there's any introverts listening out there after just doing so much research and having gone through it myself, I really think that introverts have an advantage in business because we're naturally the connectors, the listeners, the genuine people who just listen more than they talk. And that is sales. Dude, uh, I need you to plug this some more. (laughs) Uh, because
0: it's amazing. I, I, I know that, like I said, you said, I, I am an introvert, but when I'm on, I am a big personality. Yes. And so people think like, oh, I have to be like maestro to like do stuff. And I'm like, absolutely yeah. not. No, this is just how I am when I'm in front of the camera. Yeah. I like being on the mic, but this is someone right here, Ashley Pardo, who's going to fill in that gap. And for all of you guys listening that don't write back, cause I get it. So people don't, they don't like to kind of be behind yeah. things. I get it. You guys listen, you guys are, are on Instagram watching me, I, I know that you're there, but you don't really feel comfortable kind of saying things coming to the spotlight, I got someone for you. Her name is Ashley Pardo. Thank you. How can they follow you, find
1: you? Give all your information, please. So the easiest way to uh, contact me and to get in touch with me is through Instagram. So I am at oh, Ashley yes. K Pardo on Instagram. I love talking in the DM and I post yes. a lot of my stories. Um, but I would love to... you got a cute dog. Yeah, I would love to talk to, um, <laughs> to you guys if you have any questions or whatever area if you're interested in that free training. Um, I'll be talking about that at the beginning of January. But I've had so much fun. This was awesome.
0: God,
1: this was great. You guys listening... Ashley,
0: A-S-H-L-E-Y, K-Pardo, P-A-R-D-O. It'll be in the show notes as per always. Give her a follow. And like she said, she does really funny stories. Uh, today she thought someone was going to break <laughs> into her apartment building, but the woman actually lived there. Now it's an embarrassing moment for everyone. I thought she uh, was so home. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was in the elevator later yes. with her son. So, <laughs> no, she's not home. She lives there. <laughs> it's like, what are the chances? we oh God! I, I listen. I get it. I would in the same thing, so I totally get it. I totally get it. She puts great stories. She puts food in there, and I'm always like, just send it to my house. Mm-hmm, please. Yeah. Tons of content. If this stuff resonated with you, then you know where to find her. Ashley K. Pardo on the Instagrams. Before I let you go, Ashley, I asked this to all my uh, people that come on. You have anything you want to leave the people with? Any final words, parting words?
1: So if anybody's out there and they are thinking about starting an online business and they think like, oh my God, there's so many steps ahead of me, it starts with a single step. So you don't have to think about, you know, for me, it's like looking back, it's like, oh my God, eight years. It doesn't have to be that long. But as long as you just worry about today, and what it is that you need to do in this moment, literally in the next ten minutes, then the natural steps are going to unfold. So remember that to keep that good intention, to keep yourself authentic and real, and put yourself out there. It's fun, and what a time to be alive! It. To-, <laughs> to be able to right, accomplish. this is the
0: best time to be alive, guys. Best time to be alive starts with a single step. It starts today, Ashley thank you. This was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I cannot thank you. It's for my pleasure. Up.
1: Thank you. It's been super, super fun. Uh,
0: you're welcome. I knew it'd be a good one. You guys listening. Thank you. I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, I am endlessly, endlessly, endlessly grateful. I'm going to ask for two things. One, if you like this, Give us, give me some stars, preferably five. If you loved it, leave a review. Second ask, please go ahead and check out Ashley Pardo. Check her out on Instagram. I want you guys, you know, I'm all about connection and I want to make sure you're connecting with the good people, the best people, and she is absolutely a one. All right, that's all that I officially got for you guys. Until next time, friends, Maestro and Ashley out.